Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody and welcome to Wizard and the Bruiser, starring your scariest snoozer, Holden McNeely. And it's uh, me, the the, the wait, br- Bruiser. I I said I'm a snoozer this week. I, it's I'm like a, I can't I can't do this this week. <laughs> I can't. Jake, what happened to you? He came in. I'm actually happy he started talking because when he came in, he just was going. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and I was like, Jake, we have an episode to do. You got to say words. I mean, I just is is, there, is the shivering picking up on 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 the mic because I'm vibrating with existential. It's threat. crazy because you're saying that, but I see you say you're shivering, but you're sweating. You're covered. You're just like a wet man. It's supposed to be an easy episode. <laughs> supposed to be just a fun little romp down nostalgia lane beep beep in my fun bug and it's the fucking eight car pile up of bullshit this week (laughs) jesus christ in heaven if you are real which i'm doubting now (laughs) why would you curse us with this infernal topic you asked for it i never wanted to do this i can't tell you how hard it is you know what that's it let's just play the song that's what they want to hear marcus play please please could you play them the song and make them happy there it is. There you go, you fucks. There you go. High five the air, you piece of shit. I have 4,000 chrome tabs open, and none of them are getting me closer to the truth. Oh, God. Just the smiling face of Jason David Frank just looking at me with his fucking dumb tattoos. His Christian MMA tattoos. Okay, so to tell the story <laughs> of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is a television show that happened on the Fox Kids programming block. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you ever, like, fallen down a rabbit hole and broken your dick off because you plummeted for 50 stories down that rabbit hole? Here's a good entry point. Let's talk about our own personal experience about the original sort of situation when Mighty Morphin Power Rangers first hit the streets. And by the streets, I mean our television screens. Now, me personally, I remember when it first came on. I'm going to go ahead and say, Jake, you might be in my camp, little bit old. Little, it's like literally the like right when I was like, I 
goddamn I'm getting too old for this shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I said it like that, you know, and I don't even think I'd seen Lethal Weapon yet. You know what I'm <laughs> it was like right before I was starting to watch like R-rated movies. You know, I'm probably a year or two away from Pulp Fiction. And I'm just kind of like, what is... What's maybe I'm done? Maybe I can. Maybe I should start sleeping in on Saturdays, you know. And that's kind of what it was. And I saw Money More for Power Rangers. And I was like, "What is this? What is this? This is nonsense. What is happening? There's these people in colors. There's it's never standing still. They're kids at high school, and then they get into these costumes. And now you're like, okay, so they're gonna like fight and use special weapons. But where? Wait, no. There's gonna be robotic dinosaurs and. Pig monsters vomiting giant amounts of food, and like occasionally it'll be like just a bad knockoff of Saved by the Bell, and then they'll cut to grainy footage of a Japanese TV show from the 80s yes. where everyone talks funny, and the animatronic effects are bad but just good enough to be fucked up looking. <laughs> And they're all making bad puns, and the lip sync is off. Everything's off. So I'm like, are these? No one looks like they're actually saying the words that are <laughs> hearing. And it makes Jake, after doing the research on the way that this show came together and what this thing is, all right. I'm going to go ahead and say it makes a whole lot more sense now, the mishmash uh, uh, bullshit nonsense that I watched when I was like a kid, not yet a woman, <laughs> you know? But not quite a girl. The the I found it visually captivating, and uh, I you know I loved cor- like well we'll get into all the reasons why it was immediately going to be a hit. Oh but yeah. I remember this was the first thing I had to lie about watching. <laughs> yeah, you were sneaking it. I was sneaking because they aired it in the morning. Uh-huh. You could like right before school, I could get my hit of like kung fu sci-fi goofy action, mm-hmm. but I could not for the life of me be like, yo, did you see it when Goldar fucking burned the green candle and stole Tommy's powers? <laughs> <laughs> see, for me, this was the first kid show where I was like, every episode is the same. It's just reskinned. Every single episode, the exact same se- sequence of events happens. Does no one else notice this? Am I? Has the whole world gone mad? I think that was like the defining moment for me. Now, I will say this. I do appreciate Appreciate this show a lot more after having done the research that I've done. Mm-hmm. Do I do I understand this show? No. Okay. Do I like the show? Probably not. But do I have respect for this damn witch's brew of a kids TV show? Kind of. Am I going to share that story about the one time I was doing an anime convention in Rochester, New York, and I might have smack-talked Johnny Youngbosch behind his back, and he was right there behind me, and it looked like he was going to punch my lights out? Maybe. (laughs) Please don't share that story, Jake. I remember for me, uh, Power Rangers, me and my friends, like, we all knew we were too old to watch Power Rangers. We all knew it, but we were also just in the throes of puberty, so we were always like, yeah, dude, fucking Pink Ranger's so fucking hot. (laughs) <laughs> but that monster is pretty cool too, though, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that, yeah, yeah, dude, she's so fucking hot. But yeah, that, that, mon- was, that monster was you, pretty awesome. He was like a shrimp knight. <laughs> so to perfectly date us, I will now say that uh, Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, we should make that, de- uh, we should mm. uh, define the title there because there are a lot of different uh, TV series that happen. This is the first one. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers first debuted on August 28th, 1993 on the Fox kids programming block if you don't know uh, by the way just to let us all give us all little Mm -hmm. nostalgia yummies i wrote down some of my most memorable tv shows from the fox kids block you guys Mm -hmm. ready for this attack of the killer tomatoes 
Bobby's World. Ooh. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Beetlejuice? A lot of licensed stuff. Beetlejuice, the cartoon show? You don't remember Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. 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 <laughs> He's already here. He's already killing us. Yeah, dude. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Mm-hmm. Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Eat the Cat. Great. X-Men, which will come up later in this show. Tiny Toon Adventures. Animaniacs. Life with Louie. The Magic School Bus. And The Tick. That's a solid fucking yeah, lineup. That's a lot. I I handpicked the best ones. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't write down like Mergy and the Mergy Fergie. Shock squad. Write, Cast. Yeah. Oh, here's the thing though. It's like in a way, Power Rangers is what kind of killed all those amazing animated series because it proved you can just like shit out anything and kids will watch it and Ab- buy toys of it. Absolutely. I mean, the Bandai toys alone have generated over five billion dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. Incredible crossovers. Bandai, you might remember from the Gundam episode. And oh. any other episode that has sellable action figures. This is this that is make what fucked billions me up, of dollars is to tell the story of Power Rangers. You basically just have to re-listen to every episode of this podcast because it's the history of of comic books, the history of anime, the history of movies, the history of Israel, the history of it's everything is tied into fucking Power Rangers. Like the Trump Trump might have won because of Power Rangers. <laughs> I'm fucking serious. Like this the fucking rabbit hole never ends with this show. Saban Entertainment was a American Saban Saban. Not Saban? No. Chaim Saban? Chaim Saban. Saban! <laughs> I thought it sounds like, you know, Sagat or something. No, Chaim Saban and Shooky Levy. Who's Shooky Levy? He's uh, his uh, business partner. Oh, that's the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did my research. <laughs> <laughs> it's an American-Israeli television production company that formed in 1983, and they're known basically to import and dub and adapt several Japanese series. Now, let's go ahead and get this straight right now. We're going to get into the details mm. of it, but what they did was they took a Japanese TV show, and they just, like, just well, put American actors in it. Saban, okay, so... Saban goes into a whole fucking can of worms where he was born in Egypt, moved to Israel, served in the army, and in the army, he formed a band. And that band got a little bit of headway in Europe. They called themselves the Lions of Judah, and he started his own music. Yeah, fucking. I'm so glad you're Zionist here. music was this weird. <laughs> Chaim Saban is a ruthless businessman who is uh, kind of, uh, shall we say, Stingy, he is a greedy Israeli man, and that has nothing to do with anything. But as we describe him as both Israeli and greedy, you dare not make a connection. You fucking assholes. I just have said I'm laughing right now. Um, I, uh, uh, but, uh, what was his band like? Uh, it was just a lot of Israeli music, especially from the 70s and 80s. It's like kind of, it just, it kind of, oh, it's hey. kind of funky, disco y, like, uh, uh, it, does, it doesn't matter. Uh, the point is, is that after the band broke up, he moved to uh, Paris with a few other people, music producers, Israeli music producers like Shuki Levy, and uh, their big break, the way they found their their niche, was doing children's theme songs. And the uh, their their uh, their 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 specific deal was, they would go up to television producers and say, "We'll write the theme song for free, but we get the publishing rights of the song if it if the show's a hit." And so that's like a huge cut in the, you know, that's a huge savings for the budget. Not every show is going to be a hit. Then they took it. And um, success in uh, French adaptations of anime and children's show led to success that then made them move to L.A., which uh, they result, they, uh, you know, Saban's team ended up writing the theme songs for He-Man and uh, She-Ra and fucking Dino Saucers, which if you know me personally, 
You know that is my favorite children's theme song of all time. Go, go, dino saucers. <laughs> those mighty morphin' dino saucers. You're like, not that awful. <laughs> <laughs> but it became this like kind of steamroll thing where they were working with uh, Deke, if you remember from yes. the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, Do It Cheap, non-union kids show company. Uh, also did dino saucers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And um, in so on a business trip to Japan, that's when Saban saw uh, the first Sentai show that he was exposed to. And kind of like Frank Miller getting manga before it was published in America, he saw, like, you know, he knew about the American toy cartoon TV juggernaut money making machine. And here he saw these shows with fucking robots and fucking ninjas and fucking martial arts and fucking swinging teenagers. And uh, he was like, oh, this is, they just made what we've been like taking years to develop. They just have this. It's just lying around. And so he would produce pilots. He would, would continually se- try and sell an American adaptation, either overdub or uh, Bioman was like a, a, a fake uh, pilot that he made. And what's awesome is they're all wearing masks and mm-hmm. they're all big puppets. Yeah. So you don't even have to worry about like who's saying what and mm-hmm. when they're saying it and how they're saying it because they're all just wibbling, wobbling around in their goofy puppet clothes. Um. And it was only till it was only Fox Kids that finally took the bait. They were the first ones that actually said, "Okay, Saban, you wily Israeli man, we'll run your dirt cheap, dubbed over Sweet Valley High bullshit ninja show." Um, <laughs> Sentai in Japan is a whole nother fucking thing yes. with its own separate history. Yes. Uh, Sentai stands for Task Force or Fighting Squadron. It is of the tokusatsu genre, genre which you might know as a live-action show using special effects. Godzilla fits into this uh, into this genre. Mm-hmm. Um, it ranges from sci-fi to fantasy to horror. Um, it's one of the most popular forms of Japanese entertainment. And I think the most interesting thing for me, I think we are all kind of familiar with it. It has a very distinct look, and obviously the Power Rangers is it. Mm -hmm. You know, just these kind of crazy, ridiculous costumes. Whether it's a kaiju movie or a Kamen Rider or, you know, it's... It always features something wildly waving its arms about. (laughs) Like, it doesn't know what to do with its arms. As long as there's a sweating man dying in a very (laughs) bulky costume. That's tokusatsu. And uh, that was created by... (laughs) Uh, it started from the Japanese manga industry, and uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, advancements of the genre was uh, as a result of fucking swinging Stan Lee, <laughs> who uh, had an agreement with Toei. He uh, was, you know, this was Stan Lee's like kind of wilderness years in LA trying to make Marvel productions happen. Mm. And they made a deal with Toei, which was the number one uh, television tokusatsu company, and they kind of admired each other's respective way to get money out of (laughs) 12-year-olds. And so they agreed that for three years, each company could just kind of do whatever with the other's IPs. And so, like, Marvel was like, oh, we'll make a cool Japanese show with, like, monsters in it, and we'll make money. Toei ended up making Supido-Man. Actually, uh, Marcus, can you bring up the Supido-Man, Supida-Man theme song? Supida-Man. Spider-Man. Well, yes, of course, but I mean, uh, it's S-U-P- Supida? Supida man. Hmm. Mm. Ah, Supida man. Yeah. <laughs> this is the fucking swing it. Like, this is. Play this song as they pull the life support from my body. Uh. This is the kind of music that Lion of Judah played, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fucking sick. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 
jungle, right? No, he's in Tokyo. Between the dark valleys of buildings. Spider-Man. <laughs> so Spider-Man was a tokusatsu show that did something incredibly brilliant where instead of a uh, instead of a super team or a squadron, it was just a lone hero with a dark past. But the fights, every week, instead of fighting the monster and just defeating him with a special move, he would bring in a giant mecha, the, uh, the Leopardon, uh, which was the spaceship that would fly down from space and then change into a leopard ninja robot. And that's when the show would end with a giant robot fight after a kung fu fight, ah. which is a delineation between what we what was Sentai and Super Sentai. Ah. And uh, the Spider-Man show kind of cemented the uh, the pattern of like, you know, civilian change into the superhero costume, fight and then call in the robot to finish the job. And did you mention it was created by Shotaru Ishinomori? Uh, the Sentai... Super Sentai. Yeah, the whole Ishinomori... Oh, God. It's... See, this is, this is the fucking Power Rangers conundrum. It's <laughs> going into the history of Japanese television. <laughs> I, would, I want to take it deeper than that, because the real hole I got into was, I think if you want to know where all this stuff originates... If you want to know the history of Japanese television... Let's go all the way back to 1603, when, Kabu <laughs> when Kabuki Theater hit its, hit its golden age. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Super Sentai, a lot of what defines it is is a color, color-coded costume, signature weapons, and then, of course, the addition with the giant robot puppets, mm. right, um, and monsters and stuff. So I sort of started digging around a little bit and found, you know, and I already knew about Kabuki Theater, but I thought I, it just all clicked in my head. Kabuki Theater, it, it, it incorporates, it's like, Instead of like traditional acting the way that we understand it, it's it's very movement based. It's very specific to to movement, to song. Um, it's very fluid motion. There's a lot of like choreographed fight scenes and things like that. They used a lot of tricks in the theater, trap doors, and different ways to have characters appearing and disappearing, and, and ways to surprise the audience. It was all about special effects. It was all about doing spectacle on stage. Um, and uh, uh, you had um, actors were kind of – they were all sort of known by their respective uh, – the colors of their respective costumes mm -hmm. and the colors of their makeup. If, if they were the color – if they had red stripes on their face, that was that, – that stood for passion, heroism, you know, like um, a certain – Power Ranger that we know about, and then you've got the green equals supernatural, <laughs> um, and and there's just different things that that their costumes, the colors specifically in their costumes and their makeup expressed, um, and then there was also at the same time Bunraku Theater, which is uh, the puppetry theater that was going on, uh, very much at the same time to the point where kind of like. Uh, how you have in like I mean I guess you could say in manga and anime but it, it, there's a constant adaptation of Kabuki to Bunraku and back and forth and and Kabuki plays being adapted from puppet theater pieces so there's already like a relationship between the two and then so this is back in the turn of the 18th century um, Bunraku was the name of a particular theater in Osaka established in 1805 
and the puppets in the Awaji tradition are quite large, as productions of that region were generally held outdoors. They uh, they they had three puppeteers manning them, with someone off on the side like Iowa, just like singing the singing the words. Now I stuff. hope all you assholes are taking notes because we're gonna need all this when we get to Bulk and Skull, the Goofy <laughs> the Bullies. Goofy <laughs> the Goofy Bullies are completely derivative from these two ancient forms of Japanese theater. And it all just... Bulk wore a leather bandana, which looked very uncomfortable, and it's a garment I've never seen anyone else wear. It is a, a sign of subservience in, in otaku culture. So then it all just clicked in my head. It was like puppets, the gi- giant uh, monsters... Mm-hmm. In, in in color-coded costumes and very animated fluid mm-hmm. movements, over-the-top movements. Oh, my God, it's Mighty Morphin Power <laughs> Rangers and and manga and everything mm-hmm. that, that I've come to understand is this thing that seemed to come out of nowhere. And I'm like, it's it's all straight from this these ancient theater techniques that were going on in, in, you know, the 1600s, Jake. Culture. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I literally thought it came from nowhere. Yeah. I just thought some some crazy Japanese person woke up one day and was like, A, can't believe you bombed my whole country. B, <laughs> here's this crazy, uh, here's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. You know? So with all that. But so so I guess it's important that there was this untapped well of culture and and history and entertainment that just was not conceived of in the West. Not and at all. Saban finally managed to package it in a way that convinced it convinced executives to put in front of American children's eyes. This is like before even Dragon Ball made its way over, right? Uh, yes. Also, Saban and Shuki Levy worked yep. on the uh, original Dragon Ball. Like, rock yep. the dragon. Yep. Dragon. Bows. They worked on that theme song. Their yep. tentacles are everywhere. I know. They're Israeli. They have tentacles not related. <laughs> <laughs> he liked the show. He Yes. <laughs> so it airs. It airs and this weird, cheap, malformed thing that does not resemble anything else on television. That I saw and straight up was like, this looks like complete and utter hot garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the biggest television shows so of all time. huge. So giant. You Bigger know? than Ninja Turtles. In Bigger than Ninja Turtles. And I was a Ninja Turtles yeah. kid, and I think that also swayed my opinions. I was like, you know... I think it's that moment where I was like, you know, what are the kids listening to? You know, yeah. and I'm like, they're listening to my, they're listening to Go Go Power Rangers, mm-hmm. um, and it it was a giant, giant hit. Um, if you don't know, Zordon recruits teenagers with attitude <laughs> to fight the pilot, uh, to fight and pilot Zords, mm-hmm. which are giant dinosaur mechs, um, in order to go up against Rita Repulsa. Now, originally Zordon. And Rita clashed. He got sealed in a time warp, and she got put in a dumpster on the moon. <laughs> yeah, I it forgot was, about the moon dumpster. Was, I mean, it was more of a cylinder, <laughs> more of a trash can than a traditional dumpster. But in the show, they referred to it as "Day of the Dumpster." Was the pilot or the first episode? Oh, really? Yeah, it's called "Day of the Dump," which ironic now that I'm saying out loud. Ah! <laughs> Um, and it, it features the five different Power Rangers mm-hmm. we've got. We've got. Let's go down the line. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about the merits of each of these unique and wonderful teenagers. Let's give these fuckers what they want and discuss. Jason Lee Scott, the Red Ranger, he's by the leader. Heroism. 
Austin St. John. In kabuki culture back in the 1600s during You ever the have like age. a not you ever have a, an American cheese sandwich on white bread? <laughs> that's fucking that's Jason. Oh shit, he had the Tyrannosaurus dinosaur coin which allowed him to control oh, the, power the Tyrannosaurus dinosaur. The uh the power coins that was put in the morph buckle that uh, allowed them to transform into power. Literally just like you can also maybe buy this thing and then yep. you can and then there's a buckle so you can buy the buckle. The word that people use in the biz is toyetic and Power Rangers was so toyetic that there wasn't a single aspect of the show that couldn't be converted into a piece of plastic. <laughs> now you've got Trini Kwan. She is the Asian Power Ranger. She yeah. is yellow. Yeah. She's the yellow Power Ranger. She controls the saber-toothed tiger dinosaur. You've got Zach Taylor, who is the black Power Ranger. What color was he? He's a uh, black. He's a, <laughs> he's a black man, and he's the black Power Now, I think the most interesting thing in my research was no, nowhere did anyone mention, like, hey, that was fucked up. No one ever mentions that it's kind of fucked up that the black Power Ranger was black and the Asian Power Ranger was yellow. <laughs> And the People. girl and the white girl was pink. Uh, yeah, the also, was they pink. claim later in the series they kind of inferred that uh, Jason had some Native American heritage, so the Native American was the Red Ranger. Uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, Zach Taylor, the the Black Ranger, is the uh, Mastodon mm. dinosaur. I didn't know that Mastodons were a thing before this show. I love the. Oh, really? I mean, not this episode. I mean, when watching Power Rangers, oh, I was like, the TV show. They said mammoth weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that the way the Mastodon comes in. By the way, if yeah, you watch mm-hmm. all the all of them entering. By the way, I think one thing that always made me mad: you never really see them fight individually. Correct. Yeah. That really always made me very angry. There like, were lots of kid. situations where the fact that every single character could individually summon a giant robot dinosaur and yet wouldn't do it and was- wouldn't. And then they all these giant, awesome-looking dino robots, massive dinosaur robots, walk in and immediately turn into something else. Sometimes they would like they would have the pterodactyl thing like fly by the monster and like do like pip pip, and they'd be right. like, "It's no use. We better go." But like there'd be times where they're like, "Oh no, putties! Putties were the uh, weird gray, gross monsters." Putty Patrol. <laughs> Who can forget them? But uh, they'd be like, oh, I'm outnumbered. And be like, if only I could summon a giant robot woolly mammoth. <laughs> but I can't do that. Um, you've got, uh, uh, yeah, Kimberly Hart was the, the valley girl with a heart of gold. Uh, also, several teenage boys' first crush. Yes. Mm. And she was, she was the- very lithe. There'd be like a lot of scenes of her doing gymnastics in a belly shirt. Yes. Mm, yeah. And she was the pterodactyl dinosaur. Uh, and then Billy Cranston, named after. Brian Cranston, what? because he did some voices on the show. Yes, the character Billy No, they, it's not direct. Directly. It said it multiple so- sites online. All those dumb, like, what did things to know about the Power Rangers? Click here. Give me ad revenue. Click here. Give me ad revenue. <laughs> I always, Billy was uh, the nerd of the group. He yes. would, like, create cool inventions and, like, figure out ways to defeat the villains by staring at a fake computer and talking about bullshit. Had a tri- Triceratops dinosaur, in uh, case you needed to be reminded <laughs> Also, fun. I just already add. I don't know if you know this fun fact about uh, about David Yost, the actor that played uh, 
Billy the Blue Ranger. He was gay. And mercilessly bullied. <laughs> yeah. Just like, not in a fun way. Just I don't like mean to laugh about him being bullied, tortured. by the way. I'm laughing about me screaming he was gay um, mm. as if that was a fun fact. I'm not laughing at me bullied. Come at me. <laughs> Come at me, internet. Please. Did I he, beckon you. Did he go through some like horrific like gay therapy shock treatment stuff? He did not have a fun life, which is weird because he stayed on the show very long. I like, mean, a lot longer than a lot of There are other members. reports that say that, that say that it was actually more of a um, pay dispute. I mean, the pay was trash. Uh, not, not to diminish you. what he said, yeah. but I'm just saying other there are other other people who are saying no, it was based on pay, mm. not on this. But the pay was garbage, a garbage nightmare yeah. for all of these actors because this was an incredibly cheap project. It was non-union. They were paid six hundred dollars a week mm. at most. Uh, and for intensely fist, like you know, they're doing intensely physical work on that show. Uh, they're choreographing their own fight scenes, uh, six thirty a.m. to six thirty p.m. Sixteen weeks. Each season, they were called in the day of the earthquake in California (laughs) to do work. Like, the earthquake happened, and they were like, yeah, you got to come in today. And Uh, they came in. The crazy thing was uh, (laughs) the Power Rangers movies that, you know, Power Rangers Turbo and all that, uh, they were uh, brought in to sign contracts to do three major motion pictures, knowing how big of success the show was and how much, you know, um, merchandise they were selling for, like, pretty much the same rate as the TV show. My God, those <laughs> poor kids, they were kids. I mean, those they were kids. a weird mix of, like, kids to 30-year-old men. True. But, so yeah, J- Jason Lee, uh, uh, Scott, the, or the Red Ranger, the Yellow Ranger, and the Black Ranger were all martial artists. And they were literally, like, uh, brought in to... Uh, and that that's Austin St. John is the red. Walter Jones uh, is the black and Thoy Trang is the uh is the uh, is Trini, um the yellow ranger and um that uh, Zach Zach Taylor um the, Walter Jones aka yeah. the actor. Uh he was quoted as saying it was like okay, so in the script today you're going to be fighting in the park. Hey, how about you fight on this park bench? Can you come up with something? And so I got 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour to figure out what I wanted to do. They give me a couple putties. They give me a couple putties. It was all really improvised and choreographed. Spontaneous. I And who can forget the memorable characters Squat and Babu? Uh, um, the, the thinking man's gold. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to go back, though, to this Blue Ranger really fast because he was uh, Billy Cranston, named after Brian Cranston. Now, Brian Cranston, the reason why that happened was Brian Cranston voiced some of the monsters, and we do have the clip queued up of some of Brian Cranston's amazing voice work. Now, he will be the screaming monster in this clip. Your weapons are no match for me. Now you shall take my firepower. Yeah! 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 You could play any clip from Power Rangers and say it was Brian Cranston. I couldn't be. I wouldn't fight you on it. Oh no, Sick! Restraining your energy, foolish Power Rangers. He's right. I'm getting weaker. I hate it when a snake drains my energy. I wish this I goes on for two and a half minutes. It's very long. <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally him just going, yeah! Ooh, hey. Wow. You know what? You gotta earn the money whatever way you can earn the money. But uh, there's also Bulk and Skull, the bullies. Yeah, uh, let's wh- return to them. They were fun bullies. Um, 
They were going to get their own spinoff movie, apparently, but that didn't happen. This is the weirdest thing following... Uh, the American Power Rangers fandom is very intense and very devoted, and I don't want to like diminish them at all for following this intensely convoluted um, uh, lore and canon that is you know, just a hodgepodge of 18 different TV shows just crammed into a single <laughs> narrative. But Bulk and Skull kind of stayed on the longest. They were kind of the through line from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way to like... There's like, I don't know, Power Rangers, Bone Squad, Power Rangers, Ninja Fucks. All Power right, Rangers. let's do it. Now they went from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to Power Rangers in space. Yep, we got so Mighty Morphin <laughs> Alien Rangers, Power Rangers Zeo, uh, Power Rangers Turbo, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, Power Rangers Time Force, Power Rangers Wild Force, Power Rangers Ninja Storm, Power Rangers Dino Thunder, Power Rangers SPD, Power Rangers Mystic Force, Power Rangers Operation Overdrive, Power Rangers Jungle Fury, which of course they had to edit out the sex. America. <laughs> Power Rangers RPM, Power Rangers Samurai and Super Samurai, Power Rangers Megaforce and Super Megaforce, Power Rangers Dino Charge and Dino Super Charge, and of course, 2017's own Power Rangers Ninja Steel. Still making them. Still making them. Still I mean, making them. The original Sentai shows have not gone off the air. There's like, uh, if you watch a modern tokusatsu show, like, it's trippy as fuck, actually. Yeah. Because it's like a very self aware genre. Anyway, Bulk and Skull have, were, had the most screen time, the most character development. So, like, because there's really nothing else to latch onto this weird toy commercial franchise, <laughs> hearing Power Rangers fans talk about, like, the saga of Bulk and Skull is fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Again, I mean, no insult to your to your passions. I it's I I love you people for what you love. Uh, but Bulkin score these like antagonistic bullies. Like, what are you two goody? What are you goody two shoes up to? Hey, we're bullies. I hate the environment. <laughs> oh no, it's an octopus monster piddle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were really just there to to like fill in that that little bit of plot before the monster action happened, yeah. right? I mean, just to have a little bit of some adversarials before uh, we get to the big fun, gross screen, uh, you know, mean monsters. And uh, I feel like the most vital. Ranger in the cast is probably my main man Tommy. Fuck yeah, dude. Tommy rocking the clock these days. Tommy the Green Ranger, Mr. Oliver, if you're nasty, he had the Dragon Zord. Oh. Go. Go. Wait, oh, there's like there's like a weird bridge and I'm sorry. By the way, this music is all by a guy named Ron Wasserman. Yeah, we'll get there. Like a power metal god. Like, this fucking rocket. Wait, here it goes. Goldar's gonna get you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Goldar's yeah, gonna no, A power metal song you. is not complete until some guy goes, Tonight! 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 <laughs> That'd be great if one time it was next week. <laughs> Tuesday, maybe. Yeah. Now, this same trick is what worked in the original Sentai series that Power Rangers uh, was, you know, loaned from. And it was, you know, it was always like five people on a team. And then, what's this? It's a six one. What? Introduced like later. And it turns out he's fucking cooler than all the other he's ones. He's got a gold plate on his chest. He's like special. He has his own dragon sword that can just like take out shit on his own. It was like a big deal that Tommy could fight putties without turning into a ranger first. Like, that was like a big power move. Oh, shit. Uh, our mutual friend, uh, Mike Lawrence, will often talk about how uh, wrestlers need to, like, put on a big show to get put over 
for fans. And Tommy was fucking it. Huge. He was such a big deal because he was this he was everything you loved about Power Rangers, but like pushed to the ultimate degree. And so kids were obsessed with him. He, they were his, their favorite. You know, he was the center of attention. He was only supposed to be on for a few episodes. It's like a small subplot. And he was so beloved by the children mm-hmm. of America that they all went on a eight-week hunger strike until he was brought back. 4,700 children died. <laughs> well, it was kind of difficult because in the original Japanese show, it was like this is this story arc where you know this this uh, evil ranger was introduced and then like brought to the side of good only to die tragically. So they ran out of footage of the Green Ranger real quick. Yeah. So what did they even that that was my question when I learned that fact. The so, fuck did they do? So the Power Rangers production is this like you know it was very cheaply done. And it was it was all like spitballs and duct tape where they would reuse shots. They would use uh, footage of just a guy in a domestically made Green Ranger suit. You can tell which Green Ranger suit is like hacked together for America because uh, the shield is like made of this cheap cloth, shiny padding. Whereas in the Japanese thing, it's like, a, it's, you know, it's a solid plastic shield. Uh, of course. Eventually, the show was so profitable that like Saban actually low key paid Toei to make more footage from the original uh from the original like Jap- like it was oh, wow. so cheap like the original sentai show was so cheap that it was cheaper for saban to just like be like hey go out into the desert and light some fireworks and kill some <laughs> monsters <laughs> and um obviously what they ended up doing was uh through all these uh they limited tommy's powers and that was like a big deal is that you didn't know each day whether or not tommy would be in the episode mm. as the green ranger because they would like, oh, he lost his powers. No more Green Ranger. Oh, he got his powers a little bit. Oh, they're gone again. Ooh, like there was this push. And, and that pull. just made the kids even hungrier for it. Absolutely. It was like a seductive mistress. Yeah. Or I also found another thing about that is that they would always hand wave him off as off, uh, quote, doing karate. Yes. <laughs> he, he was good at it, though. He was good at it. Um, eventually, <laughs> they made him the White Ranger, which used new footage from another Sentai series. Uh, which ironically was from a completely different season of Super Sentai than the rest of the Power Rangers. Um, and it's great if you go, if you do go look up like the Wikipedia on all these different shows, um, it'll tell you which Sentai season name that they took all of the footage from for each individual yeah. series. So you get a better, a, a decent idea of kind of like what was going on over, over in Japan. They were just like, give it over. Bring it over here. Shovel it into these kids' faces. It's it's very interesting to see all the thematic and, and narrative, uh, let's call them uh, fuck-arounds of the American show, is a direct result of them just trying to stretch out and preserve the Power Rangers designs that were at the front of this toy empire. Uh, because while Japanese audiences were familiar with the fact that, like, yeah, like there's a new Sentai series every year or two, and then you get new toys, um, the idea of just, like, completely changing everything about a hit show at the height of its power was just so alien and bonkers for an American company to do that they had to go into all these twists to keep that gravy train running. Um, I uh, w- One thing that uh, I just wanted to jump back for a second is I think my favorite thing I learned about Kabuki theater is that uh, one of the normal th- uh, one of like the main things they would eat that the actors would do was called uh, it was M I E. I don't know if that's Mie or Mie. 
but it's when an actor holds a picturesque pose to establish his character, mm-hmm. and then his house name, or Yago, can be heard in a loud shout called a kakigoi from an expert audience member, mm. which is, like, fucking straight up what this shit is, mm-hmm. where it's literally somebody does their uh, – their, their, they stick their pose. The henshin pose, yeah. yeah. They, stick their, they stick their pose, and then the audience is like, Red Ranger, you know? <laughs> And that's like it's 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 crazy that this that, that, that it really it really is just like the same shit today. It's that, that's just people just want an identifiable thing that they can yell at once a day or a hundred times a day, depending on you know how wh- where you are on the spectrum. Uh, you know, and and, and the spectrum of what, Holden? No, <laughs> spectrum of, of being a, a, a loving bo- a boy, yeah, a happy good. boy. Very good. Very good. Shout out to all the happy boys listening to this. Shout out to all the happy boys listening to this. I remember, too, the Green Ranger. Well, the Green Ranger, I remember the Green Ranger becomes the White Ranger. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember a Christmas season when it was impossible to get a White Ranger. Is that not correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, the toys were constantly in demand, constantly sold out. Tickle me Elmo times a million. 93, That's how you make $5 billion off this shit. 93, 94 Christmas seasons, I remember it was like a, a nightmare madhouse trying to get a Power Ranger toy for your screaming, horrible child, yelling at you, telling you, be like, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving this house. Give me the green one. We got a Billy. We got a Blue Ranger Billy. I hate Billy. He's probably a closeted gay. <laughs> He's closeted. Uh, what about, what about, uh, what about, we got, we got the, we got the new Black Ranger, Adam Park. It's racist. <laughs> racist. It's like, well, he understands some cultural values. Who wants this. a talking Alpha 5? <laughs> ay, 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 ay. What a fun toy. So, yeah. That guy, by the way, was stuck it out uh, till the end. He was in like all 150-something <laughs> episodes of the original show, which did run for three seasons. I guess we should uh, mm. we should uh, circle back around to that. Um, but, yeah, that, that wacky, dumb robot, that guy, Why? <laughs> because Zordon didn't have a body. Zordon was apparently only filmed once. They only needed to film him once. Oh, yeah. Because he doesn't really his, like... Yeah, his lips never match what he says. Yep. He's just kind of warbling. Yep, exactly. Also, the idea that there was an actor, it just feels like they just grabbed some guy. It is not a powerful-looking head. No. <laughs> it all looked so stitched together, mm-hmm. so loosely. I just didn't even understand how people saw it as like a TV show. It was just a fucking mishmash like we've said but it just it, it was just so it just I, I don't it makes so much sense now that that they stitched together uh, a Japanese show um, with the robots and stuff with like sort of modern day kids that there was no budget that the actors got paid nothing mm-hmm. uh, they should sue the pants off of these people for, for what they went through and yet they're all just kind of like ah oh, we're just a bunch of crazy kids working you know mm. 16 days they're making that con money they Ugh. do make that con- although uh, you know there's a different there's kind of a split between like the malcontents and the team players on the Power Rangers con circuit like uh, fucking Tommy J- Jason Wait, hold on. I got, I'm getting so many names confused. There's, they're all, like, generic 90s yeah. after-school special names. Like, the actors and mm. the character names. Like, mm-hmm. the, it's just impossible. Yeah. Uh, Jason David Frank is a team player, loves the show. He stayed on for a very long time. He was very popular. Um, runs his own MMA empire about uh, a Christian MMA. 
He's uh, the Red Ranger? No, he was the Green Ranger slash uh, White Ranger. Who knows? Uh, his catchphrase tattooed on his arm. I fucking love it. Jesus didn't tap. <laughs> Jesus didn't tap. Uh, he speaks very highly of the show, loves the fans, has that kind of like intense, successful person energy that like I find terrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a little bit of sociopathy, but like. Fuck it, I guess he's doing all right. The Red Rangers are incredibly private after he literally had his own shirt ripped off of his body by fans <laughs> in, a, in a public. It was like at a mall or something. Oh. <laughs> he freaked him out. He doesn't like to go out at all. Oh, Austin's, also, Austin St. John, the Red Ranger, never appeared in a porn. That's ah. that's an urban legend. Gotcha. He just has what a lot of people like to call male porn star face. <laughs> <laughs> and male porn star name, Austin St. John. Yeah, yeah, Austin St. John is definitely a porn star name. Um, oh, also, uh, Walter Jones, the Black Ranger, uh, has uh, four fingers on one hand. Yeah. <laughs> He's missing a finger <laughs> on one The entire time. The entire time? Yeah. Like, this like, whole time. It's, like, really weird to just see all the pictures now, and you're just like, son of a bitch, ain't got no finger right there. <laughs> when he was nine years old, he turned to his mom. He said, hey, look what I can do. And he just bit his own finger off his hand. And, uh, and she said, I'll never forget the fortitude of my boy, you know? And then she shipped him off to Hollywood. Um, uh, and, yeah, so as, as mentioned before, and, and let's cue that theme song up again because they want to hear it, mm. and, and we got to play it for him as we talk about Ron Wasserman. Uh, uh, a.k.a. Aaron Waters, a.k.a. The Mighty Raw. Just driving guitars. Fucking it. hooks. He knew what he was doing. Oh, it was, it's was. it been in my head for the past couple days. I mean, that's the thing is Saban made theme songs before they made television shows. Yeah. They knew what got people hooked. Say the name of the show over and over and over again. And me, while this song is playing, all the very photogenic, underpaid actors are, like, turning and smiling at the camera with their names. No, and it's perfect stuff. To, I mean, this song is exactly one minute long. Yeah. <laughs> one minute. But it is exactly one minute long. That, and, is, that is the songwriting brilliance. And it was written in two hours. <laughs> I believe it. They said, all they said to him is, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Do it. This is the... Four-minute version. Yeah! <laughs> Which I would imagine has a much larger build-up. You better be on a treadmill right now. <laughs> Just imagine fucking Ron Wasserman at a metal-like conference or a metal-like festival being like, oh, man, I fu- I'm from fucking Typhoid, and uh, this is my buddy. He's the lead singer of Crotrot. What, what did you... What's, what's your deal? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I downloaded this off Napster. Million views on YouTube. Ah, fuck yeah! <laughs> it's gonna get 13 million more after this episode drops. Like we were making fun of it, but listen to this—I fucking right. get it. We're like, this is righteous. This is really good. 
Like it's a solid power metal song. <laughs> like from a purely objective point of view, like that is some fucking solid power metal. Actually, it's like if he was a singing about wizards, <laughs> it was, it's the exact same shit as any other power metal tune. Actually, I had to throw this on you while we're recording, but if you could do the the X Men theme song, he also wrote the X Men animated show theme song. Probably my favorite theme song of Saturday morning cartoons ever forever um it's 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 so good yes yes uh, we're all in our 30s <laughs> i was so pumped when this song would come hey marcus did you file your taxes yet uh, I talked to my accountant for about 30 minutes today about, you know, which 1099s I got to get in. I got, I just that. got the health care forms for my yeah. work, and it's like, do I deduct that? Like, where do I, I don't even know where to put that in. You know, I got somebody you can call. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I talked to uh, my guy about starting an LLC, um, <laughs> by the way. Uh, I mean, it's really wise. It, I mean, yeah, it, I just for, it really simplifies, simplifies uh, the forms. The, the forms once, once it, it's, it's a pain in the ass now, but it's really worth it Later. when it comes back around to tax time next yeah. year. I'm really happy with my decision to open one up. <laughs> Wasserman about the Mighty Morphin <laughs> Power Rangers theme song said, uh, they said, if you can use the word go, uh, and the reason for that being, uh, uh, that's all they said. Go, go in the room, and all we need is the word go to be in the song. And apparently it was because of the Inspector Gadget song, Go Gadget Go. Also a Saban that. thing. Yeah. They also heard, a they, Saban. They like that. They felt like that was good enough and popular enough. And, of course— It might have been Shooky, not Chaim, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, Inspector Gadget originated from the Russian theater Konkronken um, <laughs> back in the early 17th century. No, no, you made that up. It was, no, they, it was a gadget— You entered a fugue state, and you're just lying to Kronken was a gadget-based theater troupe, um, and they would create tiny little gadgets— for the all right, uh, and um, Wasserman's first band was uh, Betty Boop and the Beat. Mm. Uh, he would later go and form a band with his girlfriend at the time, and later uh, would marry her. Don't know if they lasted. <laughs> well, who knows? We couldn't find that information. But the band Fisher, they had a hit song. Uh, I didn't write it down. I, I listened to it for a little bit. Um, and also, he he w- took part in that Dragon Ball Z for Funimation uh, music um, originally when it was localized over here. So Wasserman dipped his paws in quite a few childhood tunes that you may remember if you are now sort of dealing with harsh realities <laughs> as an adult. Um, I think one of the things uh, that we should just like reflect on is the toy empire because everything about the show like changed and snapped and fit together. Like Each Power Ranger had a unique weapon. I like the Blue Ranger because he had like kind of a try lance bow staff thing and you could break it apart so he could hold it as like two separate pointy things i thought mm. that was like a neat feature all the weapons fit together into a super crossbow laser cannon uh <laughs> each power ranger had a unique costume with a unique helmet each power ranger had their own dinosaur each dinosaur you know had like an alternate form 
<laughs> they would introduce all the dragons. I love it. But that was like, like what we were just complaining about yeah. was that how like the dinosaurs don't even fight before they're turning into a giant robot. It's like they're just like buy this, and then if you buy this, it'll turn into this. Like before you even see having fun with the dinosaurs, what that would be. We've already shown you a new toy, so you don't even you could skip the part where you're playing with the dinosaur. My uh, my favorite thing in the world was a uh, Titanus. Do you remember Titanus? No. So you got all the Zords, you made the Megazord, you bought the Dragon Zord, which could then like ka-chunk, chunk into like a special suit on top of the Megazord. And still you're like, what more can you buy? You've spent uh, so much of your parents' money. And that's when they introduced Titanus, which was this big white Brachiosaurus that the Megazord just kind of pl- sat on. Well, he was a carrier Zord for the Dinosaurs, the Ninja Zords, and the Shogun Zords. <laughs> um... <laughs> Which is three more subsets of toys that you can that buy. You right. can also purchase for a very good price at Toys R Us. There's a few key shots of uh, Titanus carrying other Zords around, and uh, because of the way that they mixed and matched all these different show footages, the way they got those shots was the production staff in America actually just bought the toys and shot the toys. <laughs> and that's how you got like these Zords to... Uh, actually, a lot of the production staff will talk about how so much of the props in the show were just hastily bought toys because they couldn't get a hold of the originals from Japan. <laughs> um, I didn't even know that. That's yeah. fucking crazy. What was the name of the the the? All right, so you got Rita Repulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we didn't. Fu- oh, we didn't talk about Lord Zed. Yeah, I was about to talk about Lord Zed. Oh my! He God. comes in next. So they had like a when they get married in the show, they have like a Jewish wedding. <laughs> Well, uh, which so, I think is kind of funny. So they like were insinuating running, that the main bad guy. Um, so they is were running out of footage of Rita Repulsa. There was just only so many times she could make my monster grill. Um, that was a terrible impression. Please I don't. I thought it was please great. Please don't Can threaten you do my family. It again? Can you please do it again? Make my monster grill. <laughs> I think shriller in more Japanese. Yeah. I don't think I have it in me. <laughs> <laughs> Make my monster grow! Make my monster grow! Yeah, you got it. It's like the Wicked Witch of the West and a geisha. <laughs> um, so they introduced a new character, and uh, this was actually very smart. They kind of understood that, you know, to raise the stakes and to fit with a growing, aging audience. Uh, they introduced an original character called Lord Zed that was a fucking nightmare creature. <laughs> yeah. He was skinless and had like weird um, exposed brain. Exoskeleton. Yeah. A pumping fluid through his clear tubing veins, an exposed brain. Yeah. And a. T- ah. <laughs> Fun? Out of my way, Rita. <laughs> they had fun with their monsters. I'll give them so that. So they got married because kids were, the parents were terrified that the parents were fighting an all-powerful meat demon. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, to, that was meant to soften Zed's character a little oh. bit. But for a while, um, th- uh, they did a very good thing where Zed was like a very credible threat. And very early in his run, he shook up the status quo and like, that was when you know Tommy had to stop being the Green Ranger, and he had you know it was it was it was good children's storytelling to kind of up the stakes with this dark, terrifying, bloody nightmare creature that came out of H.R. Giger's scrapbook. <laughs> um, the show was actually banned in New Zealand for being too violent, and mm-hmm. had a lot of like they were really worried. It was one of those like 
schoolyard scares. Like, everybody loves this show now, so all they want to do is, like, fake fight each other, mm-hmm. and they're getting hurt. Um, and in Malaysia, they censored the name of the show because they felt that morphine was too similar to the word morphine. <laughs> they thought it was, like, a drug thing. So weird. So weird. <laughs> I mean, so weird. morphine is actually, it's just, side note, morphine is a very clever translation of the Japanese term henshin, which is like kind of this all-encompassing idea of transforming or changing your body, which is, you know, all the heroes from the Japanese shows would, like, strike a pose and do a henshin and change into the super version of themselves. Kabuki! Yeah, so morphing is transformation, changing. There you go. And we're all on our own little journey, and we're all having our own little morph. Right, Jake? I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean... I guess if we're going to end the podcast on a real-ass note, I, I guess think, so. I think that if everybody looks inside themselves, they'll find their own, what's the name of the dumb monster? Zords? <laughs> <laughs> they'll find their own fucking Zord. Zord, yeah. And um, if it's a pterodactyl or a goddamn uh, chimpanzee, they'll, you'll, you'll embrace your own inner Zord and form a giant robot man with four other people's Zords. I don't know what I'm saying here. I don't know where I'm going to. It turns out I feel like this week we bit off a lot more than we could chew. Yeah, it was a bit because... of a Charleston chew this whole body more from Power Rangers situation. Because to tell the story of Power Rangers, you literally have to tell the history of the world itself. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us for this wonderful uh, discussion. And uh, thank you for listening to the show in general. Uh, it's been so much fun on the Facebook group. Uh, uh, just uh, just out there in the wild, people talking, having some really fun conversations and shit. It's been great. Please uh, rate and review us on iTunes. My name's Holden Mc- McNeely. You can call me um, HMCN uh, Dog Doggers, which is my new um, hip hop experimental hip hop handle. I rap everything backwards. It's a whole thing. Follow me on Twitch, Holden Knitters Ho. Uh, and I'll see you in the dojo. Jake, uh, save me from this. Gotta gotta definitely copy that on the leaving an iTunes review. It helps us out <laughs> so immensely. Not on the experimental hip-hop. Uh, you don't I'm never going to call you your rap name. Okay, don't call me my rap name. I maybe respect you can write that. it down every now and again. Maybe <laughs> maybe on the legal forms we can refer to me as that. Uh, please refer to me as my God-given name. I feel like it shows a baseline level of respect. Uh, you can... Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Best Jake Young, and uh, you can uh, go onto the Drawfee channel on YouTube, where me and some uh, Illustrator buddies uh, have some real goof 'em ups <laughs> as we try and uh, explain anime and television and just draw some neat things. Yeah, uh, thanks for everybody on the Twitch. By the way, we hit a thousand followers. I really oh, appreciate that's amazing. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I guess I should start it. Go ahead and drop that. You know, I'm going to start uh, Twitch streaming full time in April, and I'm really excited about it. So, uh, if you haven't followed me already, follow me, Hold Nader's Ho. Drop some of those magic triangles on him. Yeah, give me those weird bits. <laughs> what is that? I don't even know what. That, I should learn more about. I think it. you get a Starbucks gift card. Something, right? <laughs> It's like a way for for people to not actually send me money to support the show, but send me weird uh, tokens instead. It's like Chuck E. Cheese or some shit. Either way, have a great one, everybody. See you next week. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help. And yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, 
reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.